I'm Joe Catalano with an AM Quincy News update for Wednesday, July 12th. The ballot is set for the upcoming Quincy City elections. Twenty residents were certified to run for elected office after yesterday's deadline to return nomination papers to City Hall. Mayor Thomas Koch will face a challenge from Councilor-at-Large Ann Mahoney. Ward 2 Councilor Anthony Andronico will face a challenge from Richard Ash. Matthew Lyons will challenge Ward 4 Councillor James Devine, and Deborah Riley will challenge William Harris for the Ward 6 City Council seat. Retired Quincy Police Lieutenant Dan Minton was the only candidate to return papers to run for the Ward 5 Council seat that's being vacated by Chuck Phelan. And at-large Councillors Nina Liang and Noel Debona will be joined by Scott Campbell. Incumbent school committee candidates Paul Bergoli, Kathy Hubley, and Frank Santoro will face challenges from Courtney Pertios, Liberty Schaff, and Vincent Ho Tram. There will be no preliminary election. The final election will take place on November 7th. A Quincy man who was driving a stolen car is a prime suspect in a Quincy housebreak. 45-year-old Paul Bradley was spotted driving a Mercedes that had been stolen during a housebreak on Milton Road in North Quincy on the 4th of July. Police spotted Bradley in West Quincy on Monday and stopped him at Furnacebrook Parkway and Copeland Street, where they charged him with receiving a stolen car. Police also say some items were found on Bradley that may link him to that housebreak, and further investigation is now underway. Quincy man facing charges for having a loaded gun on him and struggling with police officers in Quincy. 20-year-old Tramari Sherry Emil was arrested outside his home on Broadway in Quincy Point Monday afternoon after officers recognized him as having a warrant out for his arrest. During a struggle, officers used a taser to subdue Emil and they recovered a loaded gun. Emil faces charges including illegal possession of a firearm and ammunition, assaulting police officers, and resisting arrest. There were no injuries. Training begins today for Quincy residents who'd like to volunteer during emergencies. Quincy Emergency Management and the Quincy Police Department are conducting the disaster preparedness training exercises for eight weeks beginning Wednesday nights tonight at the Coke Park and Recreation Complex. Pre-registration is required. Quinn Cycles offering Learn to Ride a Bike classes in the parking lot of the South Shore YMCA on Coddington Street in Quincy, Wednesday evenings at 6 p.m. in July and August. The classes are open to anyone 16 years and older. Visit quincycles.org for more information. Well, Attorney General Andrea Campbell says her office is launching a big effort to get so-called ghost guns off the streets. She says law enforcement is encountering untraceable weapons more often in their investigations. Campbell and her investigators say even with Massachusetts' tough gun laws, they're seeing a tidal wave of ghost guns, something they only started seeing locally in 2019. Ghost guns are made at home. They don't have serial numbers and can't be tracked. And Massachusetts gun law language doesn't address some of the new concerns, making it tough to hold some offenders accountable. 
They're bought and sold without background checks. Campbell says her team's working with state lawmakers to update legislation to specifically address ghost guns. Right now, someone can only be charged with unlawful possession of a gun if it's fully functioning and can fire ammunition. Campbell wants to expand that statute to, in part, account for gun pieces and gun-making kits and require serial numbers. It is legal in Massachusetts to build a gun, but you must be licensed to possess it once it's completed. Campbell says her office is also putting together a gun violence prevention unit, which she believes will be funded in the new state budget once it's finalized. The bill already received pushback from gun owners' groups, who say it's complicating already complicated laws. Gamble says discussions are ongoing with state lawmakers. After focusing earlier this year on whether people of all races and abilities feel welcome at public beaches in the Boston Harbor region, the Metropolitan Beaches Commission is now turning its attention to defending those spaces from the rising tides of climate change. The commission held the first in a series of hearings yesterday to gather input on a preliminary report on balancing coastal defense and public access. The study looks at the conditions and potential for flooding at 14 area beaches, including Wollaston, along with elements like seawalls, dunes, and breakwaters that could be suitable in some of those places. As agencies plan for the future, state government is focusing on the high emissions scenario for possible sea level rise. According to Julia Nissel, Coastal Shoreline and Floodplain Manager for the State Office of Coastal Zone Management, the scenario projects 1.2 feet of rise by the year 2030, 3.2 feet by 2060, and 7.6 feet by the year 2100. Nick Connors of the DCR says his agency is operating with the same climate projections and flood risk models and upcoming revisions to Hall's Nantasket Beaches Master Plan will be made with sea level impacts in mind. There are sea walls and other structures in place meant to hold back tides and surges, but Nissel says many of them were built more than 100 years ago when sea levels were a foot lower than they are now. In addition to looking at the physical condition of aging infrastructure, she called for assessing the height of those structures compared to where sea levels are today and where they'll be in the future. An Office of Coastal Zone Management grants aimed at addressing erosion and flooding issues has given out more than $37 million to projects since launching in 2014. The program was expanded this year to allow indigenous tribes to apply in addition to coastal municipalities and land-owning nonprofit agencies. Members of Massachusetts Task Force One, a federal emergency management agency search and rescue team, are moving through the floodwaters by boat and on foot to help residents in Vermont who are trapped. The team is currently in Cambridge, Vermont, which is about an hour northwest of the capital of Montpelier, 45 members of Mass Task Force 1 packed up Monday morning and left their base in Beverly. As expected, heavy rains washed away roads and bridges in Vermont, flooded entire communities. Teams have been working closely with Vermont's emergency responders to get where they need to be. Mass Task Force 1 has been rushing to the rescue for decades. Team was among the first search and rescue crews 
at ground zero after the 9-11 terrorist attacks in New York, and last year the team helped in the aftermath of Hurricane Ian. The task force generally deploys for two weeks. Team is self-sufficient, bringing any rescue equipment it will need and even doctors and medical gear to help anyone who needs emergency care. Check of business news this morning. Stocks were higher. The Dow rose 317 points. The Nasdaq is up 75 and the S&P added 29. Asian stocks mixed. The dollar fell. The euro rose. Oil at $74 a barrel. The National Weather Service forecast for today, hazy, hot, and humid, high 92 degrees. For tonight, muggy, low of 67. Tomorrow, hazy sunshine and warm and humid, high of 88. Storms around on Friday, the high of 84. Scattered storms Saturday, high 85. But the boater waves about a foot. The wind out of the southwest at five knots, becoming southerly later today. High tide. 7.50 a.m. and 8.11 p.m. Sunrise, 5.18, sets at 8.20. I'm Joe Catalano with an AM Quincy News Update for Wednesday, July 12th.